Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What is good, everybody? This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. You are listening to MTMV Sports. My team, my voice, your team, their voice. They got you covered every day, every time that you need it. Keep it locked. And welcome back to the main card. This is your man, Will T, with the man of MTMV Combat Sports, The Voice. Uh, you, 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 didn't, you didn't say I trademark line. You're supposed to say I'm the curator of Combat Sports for MTMV. Well, I, I was going to do that before. I used to do that in the beginning, but you had such a great lead-in in the beginning. I didn't want to steal your flow. I was just going to give it to you the show. But you are the MTMV curator of Combat Sports. Uh, we need to get that on a t-shirt as soon as possible. Get those sold. Um, we got some great fights to cover uh, in, in this in this segment. But before we um, get into that, I want to remind uh, fight fans: Friday, May twentieth, uh, the one flyweight Muay Thai, uh, Muay Thai <laughs> World Grand Prix um, actually begins its quarterfinals um, uh, quarterfinal round. So be sure to actually tune into that. Uh, voice, how are you feeling about that? What are you thinking? Uh, for the uh, the Grand Prix final quarterfinal place, I think that Muay Thai is, is wonderful. I think it's more than I can handle, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not try to keep up with Muay Thai because it's just uh, it's it's hard enough keeping up with boxing mm-hmm. and uh, MMA, as I stated. Uh, even though I've been back to covering boxing for about three to four years now. I still don't feel comfortable giving like a voices marquee matchup for <laughs> uh, for boxing cards. I would be foolish to try to take on uh, add Muay Thai to the to the mix. However, one championship has some great great fights and great Muay Thai fights. Uh, you know, you can catch it via YouTube because it takes place uh, in Asia. Uh, it's usually starting at like. I don't know. For me, I'm on Central Time. It's usually starting around five in the morning my time. So if you're on the East Coast, like four in the morning, the main car usually starts about eight in the morning uh, Eastern Time. So yeah, I, I'm you know it's it's great great fights. One has some excellent fights, and one thing that uh, is noteworthy about one championship is that they're getting ready to, or I should say, they recently signed a deal with Amazon where they're going to have pretty much on average a card a month that's shown on Amazon so they, they've got 12 fights to show and they've got 12 um, uh, 12, 12 months in a year so it's a year long contract one fight uh, per month that'll be on Amazon so if you're a Prime subscriber you'll be able to go there and view it at your leisure which i'm looking forward to that's what i've been doing over the years with them whether it be uh, on the br live app or through youtube usually on a friday evening uh, as i'm sitting down and and just you know kind of chilling i will then watch some some of the one championship card at that time i don't i stay offline i don't see what's going on i just sit down and i watch it and and that helps too because it's kind of boring i can kind of still fast forwarding through it to to get to it i don't have to sit there the whole time uh to watch but anyway uh, if you're a prime subscriber uh look for that not only do you have uh the 
Thursday night game coming to Prime, you also now have one championship. Definitely. Definitely something else to, to tune into. Always exciting to add more uh, to it, but um, looking forward to it. So let's get into this next fight. Um, I, I I wanted to preface this and, and say it's not David Goliath, but it's a David versus David. And I was like, oh, that might not be it. Um, it's actually taking place Saturday, March, uh, May 21st uh, at the Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Um, the undefeated David Benavidez uh, faces off against David Lemieux. And this is going to be for the WBC Super Middleweight Interim title. Um, and it actually takes place in uh, Benavidez's uh, home state. So, uh, Voice, I know it's not David versus Goliath, but it's bound to be a great matchup. What do you think about this uh, it, it's David versus Goliath-esque uh, in the fact that David Lemieux's days uh, as uh, being a draw are well in the past. Uh, so from that perspective, it's kind of David and Goliath-esque. you got Benavidez, who is an undefeated fighter, a very flashy fighter, uh, a fighter who uh, who brings eyeballs He's fighting, like you said, in his home state of California. Um, you know, he, he's a person who is of uh, Latin descent, so you know he should bring in uh, the, the actually the best contingency of fight fans, bar none. You know, it doesn't matter if it's boxing or MMA; doesn't matter. Mexican Americans are fight fans they love fighting they support fighting better than any other group of fighters when their people are fighting they are definitely uh into it and i know that david was born in phoenix so the likelihood of him being of mexican-american descent is high and uh they, they should really be there for him he's had his issues uh you know he's lost the title on scales before uh, much of that came with the fact that he was just young and dumb and doing some dumb stuff uh, I believe he also popped positive for cocaine usage at one time so you know he, he's had his struggles uh, but he's definitely a, a notable fighter and he's now fighting someone of note that's been a knock on him is that he really hasn't fought uh, too many people when he fought uh Jaleon Love, but he's French. He beat uh, Anthony Durrell, knocked him out. Durrell's best days are well behind him, you know, as well. Uh, last time he fought, he fought at home in Phoenix, fighting uh, Kyron Davis, knocked him out in the 10th round. You know, again, he's an exciting fighter, but he really doesn't have that signature name on his resume. Would Lemieux be that signature name? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I mean, uh, as far as name value is concerned, yeah, he's like, whoa, he'd be David Lemieux? You know, because David Lemieux is, is known. But David Lemieux is 33 years old. And David Lemieux has been fighting professionally since, what? Um, 2007? <laughs> you know, so you... He's got a good 15 years in the game, so that's why he is known. But you've been fighting for an awful long time. 
and again his his best days are well 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 behind him like he hasn't fought for a title since 2018 you know so um it'll be definitely be a good stiff test for him this is a fight that he's got to win not that he in boxing you can afford to lose any fights but he really can't afford to lose this fight because again Lemieux is a also ran and if you lose to a also ran then you know that that kind of shoots some things down really who he needs to fight is Caleb Plant why this fight hasn't been made I don't know again both of them PBC fighters and you know that kind of happens sometimes with PBC <laughs> fighters uh, but that's who he needs to fight he needs to fight Caleb Plant um, whether he will or not is another story Canelo's already said you all need to fight somebody so fight somebody before you talk to me and now he's really tied up if he decides to fight Bivol for the second time he, uh, if he activates that rematch clause they're going to have to fight somebody because he won't be available. Well, I mean, it only takes one punch, so I definitely can't count out David Lemieux. That's that's going to be a, a wonderful, wonderful fight. So moving from, uh, you mentioned B-Ball, moving from one fight uh, to another fight, um, a man who actually most recently uh, had an impressive outing um, against Dimitri Bivol, uh, Craig Richards is actually in a huge uh, all-London light heavyweight clash with uh, Joshua Boatsy. Um Now, this match here is, I feel like it's going to be exciting, especially from uh, reading from what both gentlemen had to say. Uh, they're both excited. They both feel like they're hard hitters. Um, and they're, it is going to be taking place uh, at the O2 Arena uh, on Saturday, May 21st. And people are making a huge deal out of these two individuals um, basically, you know, what they feel is fighting for the UK. Uh, so how do you feel about uh, this match here, considering the fact that, you know, Richards is coming off that impressive bout with, with B-Ball last year and he's looking to climb back into the ranks, but he's looking to do it against an undefeated uh, Watsi this time. So what do you think here, boys? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, number one, when it comes to boxing, fight fans have to understand that when it comes to boxing the UK is the king they're they're the king they took that over I would say really around the time of the ascension of the Klitschko's as they started to climb in the ranks boxing's focus really became more of a European focus Uh, all of uh, the big fights were taking place over in Europe and with uh, those European fighters and again that that's when the UK kind of slid in when specifically when Tyson Fury came and he secured his win versus um, Klitschko uh, to become the heavyweight champion that's when things really switched there and, and since then all the big fights are really in the UK i.e. Tyson Fury's last fight being against Dillian White in the UK and that was huge and all of us here in the U.S. sat down around five o'clock uh, our time or you know midday to watch it because that was the big fight. So uh, Boatsy, you know, being an up and comer uh, as far as the light heavyweight division, you know, you still have uh, Baturbiev out there who's a champion. 
uh, you know, like you said, Craig Richards, you know, he did his thing last time he fought. Uh, when, or I should say, he that wasn't his last fight, but that was his, um, uh, that was his, his really his first, or it was his second loss. It was the first loss in a while uh, when he lost to Bivol, and it was a unanimous decision. Uh, you know, it was a fairly close fight. One fourteen to one fifteen uh, on one card, one thirteen to uh, one fifteen on another card, and then you had another one. It was way lopsided, one eighteen to one ten. You know, but it was a close fight. He made a good showing of himself. He came back in his next fight, knocked out his opponent, and he's looking to reassert himself in the uh, light heavyweight division as a contender you know this is really a contender's fight and not only is it a contender's fight it's a contender's fight for the uk you know again they're the ones that have all the uh all of the the boxing might as far as people watching so whoever is uh coming out of the uk in this division is going to bring a lot of people uh to the table when it comes to um getting people to show up for the fight and and uh and tune in mm. so so i know you said that the uk kind of has a stronghold uh right now do, do you see that uh, ending anytime soon do you see anyone coming in and uh being the next force uh, or, or so to speak or like how do you feel about the current state of boxing outside of the uk things are looking up things are looking up i mean uh we've talked about the charlos who uh definitely are budding stars uh you know we, we'll talk about um Gervonta davis soon who also is a, another budding star you know we talked about caleb planning and you've got a number of different fighters in the u.s that are holding their own and are helping to bring the attention back stateside where it had been for decades um you know, but the UK also has a bunch of great fighters. Uh, you know, even though he's lost, you still got Anthony Joshua. You have the heavyweight champion in Tyson Fury. Uh, you know, you you got people like Josh Taylor, who's you know killing the game. You got quite a few people in the UK who are still you know doing their thing. Plus the Mexican fighters. So um, it's, I think there's a bit more parity than there has been in recent history, uh, but. It's, it's still definitely the UK's game. Hmm. Definitely understand that. Well, wrapping up May 21st, uh, two undefeated fighters are actually going to go head-to-head at Las Vegas Resorts uh, World Event Center uh, on May 21st. And this is going to be a top-ranked doubleheader. Now, I don't want to butcher his name. Uh, so it's Danny uh, Danny Dignam uh, is going to actually be taking on Janabek Alama Kahanali. And that's not even his first name, but yes. <laughs> uh, for the WBO interim middleweight title uh, main event. Now, I've, I've been getting a lot of feedback, um, and uh, some people have been telling me how excited they are about this fight. What can you tell us about this fight, Voice, and what should we look forward to? Yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, Janabek's first name is is really Janabek. Um, I don't, I'm not gonna try his last name either because it's just not worth doing. Uh, or, or I should say, for the sake of uh, preserving his dignity, we're just gonna call him Janabek. Um, <laughs> like I said, they, they're fighting for uh, the WBO interim 
uh, middleweight title the way that boxing goes you can have a, a full-fledged champion fighting on the same day and there still be an interim belt given out so i i can't say that this card or I should say this um this specific fight is because of uh Bubu Andrade uh moving up in weight and trying and testing his, his skills at 168 since nobody at 160 will fight him um you know but it, it should be an excellent excellent fight like you said you got two undefeated fighters uh Janabek is 11 and 0 Danny Dignam is 14 0 and 1 uh Janabek has knocked out a number of his uh his fighters in victory uh, there have only been four that have gone the distance with him and of his last five fights it was only one of those four he knocked out um mcclellan knocked out albert onalus knocked out uh gonzalo correa and um and knocked out hassan uh Indom. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a, a, a small feat there at all. I mean, uh, uh, Endom is a name, and that's his last fight. He knocked him out. Uh, now he's getting ready uh, to take on uh, Dignam, who is from the UK again. Like I said, UK uh, and their fighters that they're, they're uh, 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 they definitely hold weight. Um, Dignam also has knocked out about as many people he knocked out uh eight of his 14 so his ko record or i should say ratio is not as high as uh Janibix is uh but both of these fighters are phenomenal phenomenal fighters both of them undefeated uh and both of them with knockouts in their last couple uh bouts uh the last of the last um five fights that dignam's had He's knocked out three of them. He had a, 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 a split decision against Andre Sirotin, uh, uh, but he knocked out Grant Dennis, knocked out Alfredo Melli, knocked out Conrad Cummings. I mean, he's just been knocking people out left and right in recent history. So, uh, you know, will there be a knockout in this fight? Mm, I don't know, but they're both coming in off of knockouts. Now, I believe that because of the level of competition that they're both facing in this card that a knockout may not be uh may not be in the cards uh pardon the pun but may not be in the cards for this one however uh, you you just don't know they both have uh excellent excellent skills and you know this is really to help put them into true title contention this is to help get the attention of those who are applying their uh trade at um uh middle i mean not middleweight yeah it is middleweight 160 is middleweight for uh for boxing you know but for, for those who are applying their trade like jamal charlo you know uh, th- this should get the attention of, of someone like him who's uh holding belts at this uh division and or it should just set them up as the people uh to take those full crowns at middleweight because of so many other fighters now starting to move up to 168 from 160 you know if uh triple g is looking for a fight now that canelo lost one of these guys could be in line to do it 
so yeah it, it's uh it's really exciting to to see how things are shaking up uh and you know it's just the nature of boxing one goes down and one comes up and and you know and i loved it i loved it it's always exciting to see two undefeated fighters get in the ring together because you end up finding out who literally wants it more at that point because mm-hmm. that's it's one of the things that they always taught us when we're younger is okay yeah you know it's all about the record but when you're undefeated you're basically coming in and saying i can almost say i'm the baddest man on the planet in my in my weight class so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing that but there's another uh bout that's actually taking place uh and that's actually going to be on may 28th between two other undefeated fighters and that's going to be between uh javante davis and Rolando Romero. Now, yeah, um, but before we go into that, though, what's good, everybody? It's your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Did you get a chance to catch the MTMV live show this week? Give it a listen to hear all the spicy talk about the hot topics in sports, including the Fight Nights update. Because we love our fight fans so much, I'm adding it to this week's main card. As you enter the Fight Nights Update Arena, rest assured, when you leave, you will be a champion of combat knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Time for a Fight Night Update with your man Will T in the MTMV combat sport curator the voice the voice how you feeling sir you know it's your man the myth the legend the voice and i'm always feeling good when we're talking about them good fights definitely definitely man it was it was an amazing weekend of fights uh we talked about this of course on the main card which you can definitely uh catch also but i want to talk about this jamel charlo versus brian castellano fight that went down this past saturday uh, at the Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson. Now, it was it was a battle. But, of course, Charlo pulled it out in the 10th round with it, an amazing knockout. So, boys, with Charlo unifying the world titles at World 54 in the aftermath of this fight, tell us about the fight and where these two fighters go next. Um, for Castaño, you go back to the drawing board. Uh, and it's really kind of difficult because... They were fighting to unify, so there's no really other place to go outside of, you know, taking a tune-up fight or something, getting your name back out there, doing something spectacular to keep you in the public eye. Because, as you said, it was a good fight. It was a hotly contested fight, but it was, for the most part, a one-way fight. Charlo came in this time instead of sitting back on the ropes and allowing Castaño to do work. He actually worked. We talked about this on the main card. Talked about how really that first fight, it wasn't a draw. He lost it because of his inactivity. This time he was moving off the ropes. He kept uh he kept his footwork going well. He was the aggressor uh most of the time. And uh, you know, and then he just closed the show, which he needed to do. He needed a performance like that to really establish himself. He's had way too many um performances where they were just kind of mediocre i.e his performance uh, against castagna the first time when he lost to harrison again just eh, you know you can't it's hard to consider you one of the best when you don't give it your best every time 
he really set himself apart by doing this and became the undisputed champion at 154. But since we're talking about undisputed champions at 154, uh, you heard about Clarissa Shields, right? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. For those who don't know, the quote said, "Look, you all keep talking about undisputed champions at 154. Why are you leaving the women out?" I'm an undisputed champion at 154, and I must say, she's got a point there. They, now, I will say this. On the broadcast, they said uh, in the Four Bell era, for men, they did say that specifically, but they really didn't give any shine to the quote or to uh, the women. Even though this Castanio fight and uh, against Charla was really good, the best fight this year is still... Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano and it's going to take a yeoman's effort of a fight to eclipse that this year so what do you think it's going to take for women's boxing to get the respect that it should because the women go harder it's just as hard if not harder than the men in those fights like you said the, the best fight this year was a, a women's boxing match and it was probably the most heralded also so far this year so what would it take for them to get that equal footing that they deserve just like with any fighter or with any promotion you have to have a foil mm. they need more fights like this something that brings people in let's think about the nba something that we just talked about for the past two seconds it really didn't come to prominence until you had uh magic johnson and bird when that happened then they were no longer tape delayed see we you know most of us don't know the nba was tape delayed until it got on nbc when it was on cbs it was tape delayed you find out about it before it happened when magic and bird start going at it then no this is something we need to see live and now it's probably the biggest sport uh, in the nation likewise you got to have multiple women who have foils to bring everyone's attention in and, and make it a, a big deal. That's definitely understandable. Well, I, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where this talk goes with both uh, the women's fighters and, and the men's. I know Charlo was actually speaking about going up to the next weight class and trying to unify those belts also. Do you think that's a possibility? I mean, anything's possible, but one of the greatest uh, hurdles to that is that his brother is a champion there, and they're not going to fight each other so until uh, until Maul goes to 68 then uh, Mel is going to be at 154 great 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 talk there moving from one fight to one that I, I feel personally was a little bit controversial uh, Bellator 281 Logan Storley and Michael Page uh, actually fought with Storley actually emerging uh, victorious. Now, it was done by a split decision, but the, the, the funny thing that happened for me was Bellator President Scott Coger actually came out and said he felt that Michael Page won. So what, what, what are your thoughts on 281 and, and the controversial finish with uh, Coger's thoughts there? Um, I can't say that it was controversial. We knew that it could happen, but I feel Scott and what he said you know, just think about it. If you're out on the street and you, you see a fight going on, one person is hugging the whole time and the other person throws some licks. When it's over, who won? The person who hugged the person the whole time or the one who threw the licks? And that was the situation. I didn't know. I mean, Logan Storley just uh, showed us that there's a new martial art. And it's called the martial art of hug. Because he just went in and he, I'm going to hug you and I'm going to hold you. 
this is my martial art. I don't know, unless you put them in a bear hug, that's not going to hurt anybody. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel Scott on that. And, um, you know, definitely some things need to be looked into. But just because you take someone down and you hold them there doesn't mean you're winning a fight. It just means that you're holding them. Do but can't that be argued also, like, in the same reign, and, and I don't want to compare it, but the same reign as, like, a, a Mayweather fight. That, that could be considered defensive fighting? No. Well, see, here's the difference. In MMA, you don't get points for defense. You only get points for offense. Okay. That, that makes sense. So, I mean, it'll be it'll be kind of weird to see how that goes, because to, to have won a fight, especially a split decision, I think the score was uh, 48-47, 47-48 and then 49-46 so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes do you possibly see maybe a uh, uh, maybe another fight between the two in, oh in the no team? god no uh, nobody wants to see that ever in life they, they don't even want to go back and watch the, the replay to see uh, if MVP had a, a case no uh, uh, what I see happening is as the war dies down in Ukraine because that's the, the missing piece of this the reason that MVP was fighting Logan Storley and not the champion uh, uh, is because the champion is currently fighting in the war in Ukraine. He's from Ukraine. Uh, You see him in his fatigues fighting, uh, digging out of a a foxhole with his belt wrapped up underneath in the foxhole. I mean, he he is doing it just like Vasily Lomachenko, just like uh, the Klitschko's, uh, just like Usyk. He is fighting for real. And when he stops with that fight and comes back, it's going to be a whole different story. Awesome. Awesome. We're looking forward to hearing more. If you want to hear more, definitely listen out for the main card on MTMV Sports. I'm Will T. This is the man, the myth, the legend, the voice, MTMV Sports. The UFC has a card on the 21st as well. Uh, You got former champion, Holly Holm uh, taking on um, uh, Ketlin Vieira at uh, Bantamweight. The winner of that should be really in line for whoever wins um, the fight, the Bantamweight title fight between uh, what is her name? Uh, uh, The Venezuela Vixen. Uh, No. I see her face and I can't say her name, but the Venezuela Vixen versus the Lioness. They're uh, doing uh, the Ultimate Fighter right now. They're both coaching the, the Ultimate Fighter currently, uh, and then they'll fight later on this year. Um, whoever wins that one, that's a rematch as well because uh, Juliana Pena, that's the Venezuela Vixen. I don't know why her name and Amanda, uh, Amanda's names were escaping me, but they were. E- either way it goes. Um, that's a rematch and you know juliana has been saying for years i'm the one to beat you uh uh uh, amanda i'm the one who's going to take out the lioness and sure enough she did so uh you know we'll see how amanda rebounds from that fight uh but the ufc loves holly home and they want to give her every opportunity possible i mean she's probably fought for more titles than anyone uh in in women's history uh, in the UFC, I mean, she's challenged for uh, the bantamweight title. She's challenged for the featherweight title. And she's challenged for both of those multiple times. So, uh, a- as well as being the former bantamweight champion, so um, she's you know she's been doing well though 
as of late uh you know has has been reasserting herself into uh contention you know she's uh three and two in her last five fights so is Ketlin Vieira Vieira uh before she got hurt she was killing the game well she's only lost two fights and uh after she came back from uh, her her injury you know she wound up losing her first fight and then uh lost another fight but again she's won one lost one won one lost one where holly is on a two fight winning streak even though their records are both three and two over the past five um because again of the trajectory that Ketlin was on and because of the fact that all Holly has to do is look like she's going to win a fight and she's, she'll be <laughs> she'll be in a title fight uh, That that's what makes this specific uh, card or I should say this main event so very important uh, just like the one that we talked about uh, in the last segment with Rakic and Blahovich you know it's important because they very well could be or I should say whoever's winning uh, could and should be like next in line Ooh, the voices marking matchup for this one though Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean this is, they got some, some good fights uh, on this main card but it's got to be uh, the the uh, the man from uh, I want to say Argentina but Santiago Ponzanibio yes the Argentine dagger his nickname that's a new nickname his nickname used to be Hintaboa which means good guy but yeah Santiago is a killer at welterweight he was one of those people who was on the the rise and then he you know kind of took a slide over his last couple fights the reason that this is the voices marquee matchup has nothing to do with uh, rankings and who will fight who next. Um, it has everything to do with the fact that he's fighting Michelle Pereira. And Michelle Pereira, uh, Demolidor, yeah, you just don't know what he's going to do. If you uh, have just been scrolling through and, and looking at different fights, this guy, I, I mean, he literally does the craziest stuff. I can remember seeing him fighting uh, in a Korean league some years ago. And the reason I remember seeing him fight is because he this dude did a backflip and landed on the head of his grounded opponent. It's like, who, who does that? This is the kind of craziness that uh, Michelle Pereira uh, uh, displays when he is in the cage. Uh, now, he's been dialing things back a bit as of late. But again, you just don't know what's going to happen. So nearly every time he fights, it's the voices marking matchup because you need to see, sit down and look at his fight because you just don't know what's going to happen. More than likely, it's going to be exciting because he just can't keep from doing that. Uh, he, he, he winds up or he has in the past gassed himself out getting in the cage because he was dancing so hard. So yeah, he 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 is a or can be a wild man, and you need to watch him fight because it's generally gonna be exciting. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely uh, definitely remember um, the Argentine dagger a couple of years ago um, after one fight night. He called out a bunch of UFC champions and was like, "I can be world champion." He's been on 
my radar ever since. But that sounds like it's going to be uh, great. And if I'm not mistaken, they actually match up very well. I believe they're both 6'1". Um, I believe they, they both actually have uh, um, the same tail of the tape almost if you take a look at them. If it's, if it's not exact, it's basically uh, comparable to the two. So yeah, the, the biggest difference is that Ponza Nebio has got about seven years on uh, Pereira, but hmm. Yeah, outside of that, as is said often, uh, uh, everything else is virtually identical. <laughs> well, it's definitely another great fight to a great card to actually put on uh, to your to your weekend uh, outlook here, so so to speak. Um, but let's get let's let's get into this Javante uh, Davis versus Rolando Romero. Now, um, Davis was actually supposed to fight Romero, I believe. Uh, December 5th of last year, but mm-hmm. uh, Romero ended up having uh, legal issues that had to be taken care of. Now, in the meantime, he actually fought Isaac Cruz in what a lot of people felt like should not have been as close uh, as it was. So, Royce, with this fight coming up, should we be worried for, for Jorante Davis? I mean, I, I understand that Romero is not even literally considered one of the, the top 10 fighters right now, but uh, after the Cruz fight, what are we thinking about uh, Tank Davis here? Well, let, let's not forget. I think we may be, uh, or I should say, if there was any criticism regarding that fight, I don't think it was warranted. Isak Cruz was a dog. I mean, he is a dog. I think that's his, his nickname is Dog. And he showed how much of a dog he was in the fight. Um, he brought it. He brought it. He didn't back down, you know, and and think of a fighter that Javante Davis has fought recently outside of Cruz that brought the fight to him, that stayed in there the whole time. He's been knocking everybody out. Part of that is because he's been fighting people lighter in weight that have been coming up in weight, but we won't go into that. Um, Cruz, I I was glad that uh, Romero fell out the fight because that was a much more interesting fight. And it brought a lot out of Tank. One thing that it did bring out of him was that it showed that he can box. Didn't know he could box before that because he's just been knocking everyone out. He didn't need to use his boxing skills. Don't forget, he got hurt in that fight. Um, or that he, yeah, he he was injured in that fight. I think he hurt his hand, so he had to box. He couldn't afford to throw hard. This is the first fight that he's had since then. Has his hand healed properly? Has he had enough time for his hand to heal? I don't know. All those uh, questions will be answered uh, when they step inside uh, the squared circle on May 28th. Uh, it should be absolutely, well, let me not say that. I mean, again, I was not looking forward to the fight when it was made the first time. I was glad that Cruz stepped in uh, versus Romero, uh, or I should say uh, outside of Romero, not not versus him because they weren't fighting each other, but, you know, that he stepped in instead. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It was more intriguing before because of all the smack that uh, Romero was talking. Come to find out, he was running the same kind of smack, or I should say, allegedly was running the same kind of smack as he, uh, or at least saying the same things uh, repeatedly uh, to different women and and, and doing uh, unspeakable things. So that's taking some of the shine off of this fight. You know, people aren't as excited about it because really, you got two tainted fighters. 
you want to be real um and both of them having issues uh with the fair sex um it, it's going to be interesting because it is tank's last fight on his uh contract with mayweather promotions and he is clamoring for the opportunity to to fight someone i know we talked about lightweight fighters uh the last time that we got together uh you know we we didn't mention a whole lot of the the greats of lightweight you know you got cam posters at lightweight you got Haney at lightweight and those two are getting ready to fight each other so can't wait to see that one uh you know you've got uh former lightweight champions and um i was gonna call him volkanovsky uh oh god uh Teofimo Lopez, that's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of uh, the person that he beat, uh, who's an absolute beast, also from uh, the Eastern European region, which is why I almost said Volkanovski. I, I, his name escapes me right now, uh, but that was an excellent fight that he that uh, he and Teofimo had uh, in 2020. But you got those people out there at this 135-pound division, and Tank is fighting a fighter with 14 fights i mean that granny's 14 and 0 but still 14 fights and you got this level of fighter out there that you can be fighting you can fight ryan garcia and and that's what i was going to say is actually interesting because i know uh right now ryan garcia and Cruz have been uh john for the last few months and they actually have uh their match um i believe that's actually uh planning to uh, come up how would a fight between uh, Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia look? They've actually, you know, had some words before uh, previous two, and I'm, I'm seeing that most fans are kind of like, uh, we don't think that Ryan Garcia is ready, but I mean, he's, he's 22, he's undefeated. I mean, if he beats Cruz, you, you kind of have to put him there. Yeah, if he were to beat Cruz, uh, you know, if he were to beat the Pitbull, that would be uh, something that that's very, very notable um i would actually be more interested in seeing pitbull and uh ryan fight than seeing gervonta and um and ryan garcia at this time and that's because though both fighters have been brought along very favorably like ne- neither one has really fought uh, uh notable competition or at least on, on Tank's end, the notable people that he's fought have been on the downside, they, you know, of, of the hill. They they re- they reached the pinnacle while he was probably still in the amateurs, so or just coming up into the the professional ranks, um, or they were lighter weight fighters coming up in weight to face him. Either way it goes, there was a distinct advantage that Tank had, and that's because of the favorable way that Mayweather Promotions has matched him. It's made him a lot of money. It's made him someone that people want to see fight. Uh, I'm sure the Barclays is going to be sold out because he sells out every time they go to a place uh, where um, where people who like him and like his style will, will come out. When they were in Atlanta, sold it out. Uh, in Baltimore, where he's from, sold it out. Um, I'm sure, again, this one will be sold out as well. But he he is itching to fight one of all these names I talked about, Lomachenko. You know, you got fighters like Lomachenko out there who he could fight. Like I said, all these names that he could be fighting. And he's fighting Rolly Romero. 
So, I mean, I, I'm glad that he's fighting out his contract and hopefully he'll be able to get some of these fights. But again, I would rather see uh, Garcia versus Cruz because he really hasn't been tested. Uh, and again, when he's tested somebody, he's been an older fighter and he got uh, he got knocked down. He wound up coming back to knock old boy out. But he let's not forget, he did get knocked down. So, um, yeah, I think Tank would kill him, especially after his fight with Cruz showed me that he can box too Tank is a problem he is a problem um, and the problem is we haven't seen him in there you see. well Tank is a problem but like you said with him uh, ending his contract with, with Mayweather it's going to be interesting to see what happens in his career from after that point because you know many people point out you know hey yeah he's a great fighter but he's been under Mayweather and you know, we know as great as a, a promoter as Mayweather is, he's very calculated in what he allows his fighters to do and what not to take. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But definitely tune in. That's actually going to be uh, May 28th at the Barclays for the World Light Heavyweight Championship. Uh, as we always say, it only takes one punch. So I'm definitely not going to count Romero out yet. Um, yeah, I mean, he, 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 he does have out of his wins, only two of them. Uh, have not been knockouts, but yeah, uh, t- Tank is, a, is another uh, animal. Again, like you said, it only takes one punch, and you know, a lot of people did not give Bivol the benefit of the doubt the way that yeah. I did, so you know, we'll, we'll see, but I'm not, uh, you know, I don't pick fights, but um, I'd say if Romero won, uh, that would be uh, that would be a great upset. Definitely will definitely shock some people, and I'm sure Mayweather will have a lot to say about it. Um, <laughs> a last fight on contract, too. Yes, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the end of it. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the main card. Me and my man Will T will be back with you to talk about our everything going on in June, soon and very soon. Until then, fight the good fight. <laughs>